0: Welcome to Take Me to the Cloud, a place for business professionals to hear
1: insights and best practices from industry experts that combine cloud systems, operations, supply chain, and finance. Welcome to Take Me to the Cloud podcast. I'm Kim Gordon. I'm here with Walter Marquez and Jaffa Rabkin. Jaffa has been in in the IT European implementation space for 20 years as a project manager. So today, what we're really going to be talking about is project management in terms of ER ERP implementations, and then we're going to go over the goals of these projects. Um, What does done actually look like when you're completing a project, as well as go over different project approaches? So in terms of the goals of a project, when you're going into a project, you first need to define what you want to accomplish at the end. And usually it sounds like high level, very idealistic goals, but this is how eventually you need to compare your performance at the end by comparing to what you said you would do in the beginning. Um, Basically, when you define the project goals, it can't be a a catch-all. You can't tackle everything at once. This is where the idea of phasing into um, segmenting your project really comes into play. Um, the segmentation and phasing is based upon different drivers for your dates. Maybe you need to get it accomplished by a certain time due to seasonality in your business and your overall project goals within your practice. So best practices generally for phasing are to, to think of what can we accomplish today with very standard project structures. So even outside of IT projects, um, what is what, what are the best practices? And then after that, you can start to develop more a type of mini-projects that are an afterthought that can really build upon what you did before to establish the groundwork, and then this will eventually become more tailored to your business the more you work on it. Um, so those are the general things to keep in mind when you're structuring the goals for a project. Now, when you get to the end, it's sometimes it's difficult to define what done looks like. Oftentimes, you'll see what, 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 what we like to call tacking on constantly to a project that can result in change orders. So... Uh, continual requests of things that maybe you didn't think about initially, but you want to add on. So to kind of control the scope of a project at the end, you really need to measure performance through key milestones throughout um, and communicate these um, key milestones. So Yafa, this is how I want to turn it back to you and just take a step back. When we look at an overall project, there's different approaches that you can take. And this really depends upon project types. Why don't you expand upon um, the factors that go into how you approach a project?
0: Well, first, Kim, thanks for having me on. Um, As we look at projects, right, we really try to understand first and foremost, kind of um, beyond what we're just looking to solve for through the project, right? But to understand uh, the key drivers uh, from executive leadership or the board, right? Um, we try to understand whether the project is got any time sensitivity and what are the drivers for that timeline, right? Often, you know, whether it's executive leadership or the board, you know, there's some really aggressive timelines that uh, are put on the table. And I think kind of in the role of project manager, we need to understand um why those timelines are on the table and what is happening behind the scenes driving those dates now in terms of complexity we're looking at complexity that is complexity within the project so is the implementation just the net suite for example standard erp implementation Is there layers of customizations? Are there layers of integrations to external systems? And beyond just the ERP implementation, are are there any external projects that also need to have tracks open against them to support optimization of external operational systems to align to whatever our objectives and our goals are in you know in our given European implementation. So understanding kind of the landscape of the systems, the complexity and layers of customizations, or whether it's workflows, also understanding as we look at you know implementation, there's companies that are in one uh, geographical area location right whether it's New York or someone California there's companies that are national and and they have a national presence which means that it's multi-site across the US or across Canada and then oftentimes we get involved in implementations that are international which means that there is another layer of complexity around time zones around localization Um, So to me, all of these things, they kind of feed into complexity of project. And then when you look at staffing, there is staffing that comes from the client side, and then there's staffing that comes from our implementation team. And is that team on the implementation side, are they all in-house resources or are there external freelance consultants or subcontractors or whatnot? that we lean on because sometimes that expertise can be found within um, the freelance world, right? So again, how do you manage um, external resources? Maybe sometimes it's lighter, easier. There's there's more rigor in how we manage internal resources. And then how do you kind of also compete for time and availability from a very seasoned external resource, right, because they might be coming in as a subject matter expert, and they might be on multiple projects because they might have their own portfolio that they're supporting. So all of those things to me, they really feed into the overall complexity that we gauge at the start of the project for us as project managers to really understand, A, what are we signing up for? What is this really gonna look like? And what are the potential gotchas that we really need to be mindful of that we need to manage along the way throughout the project right uh let me pause here
2: yeah yeah you bring up you bring up so many good points in terms of piecing this together and i think as project managers one of the hard part is understanding the stakeholders and to me to me you know I liked what Kim said about what does done look like because that really is our first sort of look at what the expectations are of the overall project. And then we have the goals. And a lot of people look at the goals as being fluffy um, and not really part of it. All the projects that that you know I've worked on and you know we you the two of us have been successful on, we've actually taken these goals and bring them to life. And it's it's that ability to to marry up the goals with the people of the project, to which you you eloquently just described, both internal and external, varying degrees of capacity and capabilities. And 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 I want to bring those two things here. Got to remember when we look at our resources, we could have the best resource on the planet. However, their capacity is very limited. Um, and oftentimes, what happens is our best resources are strapped for time and capacity and then unfortunately competing priorities get in the way of of the project. So as we start to look at bringing the goals of the project and what done looks like to life, um, the the, the size of the project, uh, the scale and scope of the project uh, and then the complexity, the technical complexity, the functional complexity, all those things that you just talked about are are key. I can think of uh, a couple of them where where you start off and it sounds like it's gonna be a basic inventory project, for example, basic finance, basic inventory. And then as you get in there and you start to uncover things, you realize that the goal of the project was to streamline perhaps or, or improve efficiency, operational efficiency. And then at the end of the day, what ends up happening is um, we realize that the inventory is an absolute disaster and that we have to step back and really correct the people, the process, the technology and remember that we actually have people doing this at the end of the day. And so uh, my point here is that uh, people are part of the equation and whenever people are part of the equation, we have a lot of unknowns, a lot of variables. And those variables come not just in the complexity and the size of the project onshore multi-site, they come in capability and capacity of our people and really understanding what our stakeholders are, uh, what motivates them, what drives them, etc. cetera. And as a project manager, if we really look at the people side, we are, at some points, a cheerleader. At some points, we are the stick. we got to get this done. It's got to be done by a certain time. And we are always sort of and helping them move to that next level. And so somewhere, even when you need to be forceful or press or whatever we want to call that when we go through and, 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 and demand expectations of our resources they're going through, we have to do it with kids' gloves on all the time. as we we help these folks get to the end goal uh, and realize those dreams. And again, just to close that out, bring those things to life. So Kim, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if we, I think we kind of went down a whole bunch of pathways there between Yaf and I. Um, And you and I have done a couple of interesting projects as well on the lighter side. If I start to think about just where we have a uh, activation type project. Maybe, maybe perhaps what you can do is talk a little bit about what activation looks like in terms of a quick project. We have a couple of checklists, and we're going to move forward just to sort of bring you sure in there. Sure
1: thing. Yeah, definitely. So really, it, it we, we we like we there's a lot of names for activation. It's quick start, and the the main idea is efficiency, standardization. So it's really elevating. A business to get to that standard point and getting there quickly. Identify the core functions. Usually, obviously finance is the core of a business and that always gets tackled first. Um, uh, the order to cash process. Um, every business has to get revenue streams somehow. Uh, they have to procure things. Um, have They have vendors. So you need to factor in what are the core um, processes that they need and then implement it in an efficient way. And then people are still factored in here. They need to take ownership of um, what their processes are because they're the ones that are going to learn it, but also define it from the beginning. So even though we're teaching them, yeah, this is standard, out of the box, how you should do it, later on, as the business scales and grows, they're going to be defining that process along the way. So thus, back circling back to your um, people point, Wally, their engagement um, has to be involved from the beginning, um, both in terms of the, being aligned to PM expectations, as well as the technical expectations of them executing the work, but also managing their team. Um, often projects, they need um, two sets of project managers or even more, depending upon the, the scope, the scale, um, the size of it. Um, and when you have two project managers or more, that's where that actually introduces more complexity. There's different styles for how you manage different teams, and that can cause an even greater desynchronization if there are issues. So that's why it's important to align early with the goals. That's where the expectations tie in. Who's responsible not only for what comes after the project, but in the project as well, because this project has to be added on to their everyday jobs. Um, and And then often everyday jobs are prioritized over um, what they would consider side projects or the non-essentials, non-revenue generating at that moment. So it's important to get them to understand it's going to get that this project will enable that side of it. So they need buy-in from um, the top level stakeholders as well as the bottom level stakeholders. So and, and everything in between. Um, and that that's, what's going to enable a project success. So you can have a great project manager and then everyone needs to be on board with what, 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 what the project management goals are and the overall governance of the project.
2: Yeah, love that, love that that sort of approach. And yeah, if I maybe tie this out a little bit, I'm just thinking of some of the things we did recently where you're providing uh, services not as the PM, but as a governance sort of role. So as we start to think about this governance role, so imagine we have the activation type project that Kim is talking about, and then you're coming in where you're not running the full PM sort of role. You're just kind of looking over top, making sure that folks are crossing their T's and dotting their eyes. Just talk a little bit about kinds of things you look for when you come in and do that kind of project.
0: Right. So again, it kind of goes back to what we said earlier, that we've got not just a guiding principle, but what are we looking to solve for? And when we look at a project and the stages of a project, right, when we start with our discovery and design, we go through activities that help us understand the details of what we are ultimately looking to solve for which you know concludes with a very clear architectural global design that is the foundation for anything that we're going to build right so throughout the project what we do from that kind of um uh, oversight or advisory role is we make sure that through every stage of the project we're always kind of coming back and and tying everything we do back to what's in that global design and again that global design ties right back into our guiding principles for the project and ties right back into the timeline that we've committed to the scope the budget so on and so forth and part of that process is making sure that we stay on the plan now realistically speaking often the best of plans right things things do change sometimes on a project right so what we need to be able to do is, as project managers or in that advisory role is to be able to understand the shift the why we're shifting the recognition that there's a shift not just internally as consultants implementing the project but also client facing there's got to be that recognition it needs to be very clearly tied to how does it fit with what's already been built and is there any regression in what was done and is there any impact on what was done do we need to rebuild where are those interdependencies but again i just really want to tie this back to that project management or advisory role is that um, we need to be flexible and and we need to play that fine balance between You know kind of organizing ourselves as a group of consultants but also being able to have that voice and that confidence to go in front of the client in front of executive leadership in front of the board even sometimes to deliver tough messages because someone I know always says those messages don't get easier or better to deliver with time right so it's better to get ahead of it and as early as we can so that we can be as proactive as we can and how do we solve for that change? right? So while rigor is great on a project and while mastering the activities and the calendars and the invites and the checkboxes and the execution, we always need to be mindful of the relationships. Uh, We need to be mindful of communication. And how do we communicate? Who do we communicate? How do we deliver that communication? How often, right? Um, how I may communicate with a colleague on a project will be very different than taking that same discussion or topic and how do I deliver it to my counterpart at the client site to their executive leadership or the board. While it's the same topic, the delivery is just so different at each level, right? Yeah. Good. Um,
2: yeah. Good point. So, Kim, tie us up here. We're, we're coming to the end. Wrap this up. And so how sure. did do, do we, we end up co- having our conversation today?
1: Yeah, I, I think this is a great conversation at a high level of how project management approaches vary depending upon a project's complexity, size, and also the resourcing and the people involved. I think for our next video, we should follow up with this and really get into. What do you look for? Um, what, what's really on your radar as a project manager, getting into the more specifics? So thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Take Me to the Cloud. Thanks for joining us.
0: Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted of new episodes. For more information,
1: visit rhythm.com